everyone. I'm Larissa Russell of Creative You, and I'm your host of the Creative Soul Healing Podcast. Here's where we talk about the connection between creativity and healing by interviewing amazing creatives, spectacular healers, and inspiring people who have used creativity in their healing. What does it mean to be creative? What is creativity? You don't have to write a best-selling book or paint a masterpiece or even play in a rock band. Creativity is in everything that we do, in the ways we think, in the way we run a business, in our everyday lives, we are creative all the time. Let's talk about how we are creative and how creativity helps us heal mentally, physically, and emotionally, right now on the Creative Soul Healing Podcast. Lisa McDonald, born and raised in Edmonton, now living in Casper, Wyoming, with a Ukrainian heart. Lisa has been involved in all things Ukrainian since birth, took Ukrainian language Saturday school, Ukrainian dance, and was involved with Ukrainian youth group, Ukrainian church, and even owned a Ukrainian bar for three years in Edmonton. She has a Bachelor of Education degree from the U of A with a minor in Ukrainian language, and then was working on her master's in Ukrainian folklore when she met a nice Montana boy and moved to the States. (laughs) Even though the population of Ukrainians is virtually non-existent where she lives, she manages to run two Ukrainian-related businesses while substitute teaching and acting as a consultant for a British health and beauty company called Neil's Yard Remedies. Each spring she she runs Pasinka, Ukrainian Easter egg decorating classes, and has a thriving online business baking Korovai, 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 Ukrainian wedding bread and shipping them all over the U.S. So if you could share some of your story and how you found your current path, however much of that you'd like to share. Well, as you mentioned, I I grew up in Edmonton. Um, My mom was Ukrainian, actually, and my father was Canadian. Um, So it made kind of an interesting lifestyle because my mom obviously won out with all the culture stuff because my dad didn't have much, much of a culture, Um, you know, Scottish kind of and French Canadian kind of, you know, just a big mix. So um, yeah, I just grew up with, with all all Ukrainian all the time, except at home, we didn't speak Ukrainian um, because my dad didn't understand. Uh, Whereas a lot of my friends did speak Ukrainian at home because they had both parents Ukrainian. And then I went to a regular school. I didn't go into the Ukrainian bilingual program. Um, And so I kind of had a dual personality going, right? There's English Lisa and Ukrainian Lisa. And so, uh, yeah, my biggest influences were, um, my mom, obviously, because moms usually are one of your bigger influences. Um, she wrote Piss and Kid as well, uh, as well as my grandmother did. They would, um, oh, when Christmas decorations were put away, they would start pulling out their Ukrainian Pisanka supplies and they would just sit in front of the TV. My mom would watch, my baba, my grandma would watch soap operas and write piss and kid. And my mom on Friday nights would watch Dallas. <laughs> Remember in the 80s, right? <laughs> Dallas Friday nights. She would write piss and kid. And they were probably together. Gosh, mom would probably do between six to 10 dozen and baba would do another six to 10 dozen piss and kid. And then they'd go sell them at the farmer's market downtown. Um, and give them away and Christmas, Easter bazaars at church and that kind of thing. So that's kind of how I got into the Pisanka thing, uh, doing the Ukrainian Easter eggs. And then my Baba, my grandmother on my mom's side, um, baked Korovais. She was one of the most renowned Korovai bakers in Edmonton. Um, so her house was constantly, she was constantly baking Korovais for people. And uh, they'd come over and, you know, she'd hand them this big giant bread and 
away they went. <laughs> and so I was constantly around the breads. Um, and when I was studying uh, Ukrainian folklore in university, I uh, one of our one of our uh, jobs, one of our um, assignments was to choose a Ukrainian art form and write a paper about it. So I said, well, I'll pick my Baba's Kodavai. <laughs> so I actually videotaped her making it, which was one of the biggest things because I don't know if your mom or grandmas were the same, but it was like a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of this. And I'm like, no, I need exact measurements. I got to get a recipe. And so, yeah. you know, I woke up early and we started making the Kodavai. I videotaped it and uh, wrote a paper on it and put it in the uh, archives at the U of A. And, and then, uh, Baba was starting to get, you know, she was starting to get older and a little senile and she just stopped, wasn't able to bake anymore. And I had friends approaching me saying, hey, can you make me a Kodavai? You must know how to do it. You watched this woman do it all these years. And I was like, eh. So my first Kodavai uh, was for my friend Melanie that got married in Toronto and I made it, took it to Toronto and that was, the rest was history. Yeah. So then I started making coat of eyes, moved to the States. And uh, I said, well, I wonder if I could make a business out of this here in the U.S. And as soon as I started my online web, I kept my website from the bar. So it's still nazdorovi.com. And yeah, the orders come in and come in. Like, for example, this weekend, I had four people contact me about making coat of eyes for this week. Oh. Like, it's like, like what you didn't know you were getting married until this week or what? <laughs> oh, so it's all for weddings. Is that, is that the main yes. focus of the yeah, breads is yeah. the weddings? Okay. So Ukrainians are uh, known for breads and every event, every holiday has a special bread. Like at Christmas, they have uh, a Christmas bread called a kolach. At Easter, you might've heard of Pascha and Babka before yeah. Babka. That's, yeah. they have that. Funeral, there's a funeral bread. I've made a couple funeral breads. <laughs> which I never knew any much about. Mm -hmm. um, and, but mainly I make the coat of eyes, the Ukrainian wedding bread. Yeah. Okay. So, and then I moved to the States and this business has been boom and I made 50 last year. Oh, wow. So, wow. And how do you, how do this is totally off topic for what we're talking about, but how do you ship them? How do you ship? I wondered that. So um, I use, so for a Saturday wedding, I bake the main bread on Monday Mm -hmm. And then Monday night, I make the little birds that go on the bread. And then Tuesday, I put it all together. So I have, I have live leaves. I have the birds. Sometimes there's an arch. So there's just different things depending on what people want. Um, but I, I've left that bread overnight in the oven to, to harden up and dry up a little bit. So it's a little sturdier. Okay. Um, the inside's nice and soft, but the outside is pretty sturdy. Okay. And then I just pack it all in with packing peanuts in a, in a box and ship it UPS second day air. And I haven't, knock on wood, do I have any wood around here? Knock on wood, I haven't had any, any problems. <laughs> that is I had amazing. a few issues with like weather, like Texas was flooding and one of my coat of eyes couldn't make it to the person. So they had okay. to hold it in the facility. But for the most part, yeah, no problems. That That's amazing to me. Like, I mean... <laughs> I understand the special cultural things. I think it's really important that people have that connection. So, you know, if that's your skill set, then that's amazing. But like the thought of like shipping bread somewhere, right? Like it, I don't know. It just is like, wow. And do they eat it or is it just a decoration? 
Uh, it depends on the family. Traditionally, you know, in the day you would eat it. Yeah. The top part was saved for the bride and groom. The very bottom part was given to the band and then the rest, everybody else ate. And because it's blessed bread, it's holy. So if you get it, it's almost like having communion sort of like, cause it's, okay. it's got so many traditions and things with it. So yeah, you can't just throw it away. You can't, you know, you have to eat it and it's respectful and that kind of thing. Hmm. And do you just ship in the States now or? Uh, occasionally I'll have somebody outside of the States wanting one. I usually try and find them somebody more closer to them. Like, like I have a lot of people in Canada asking me, uh, but there's a lot of Kodavai bakers in Canada and it's just not, I've done it, mm -hmm. but it's super expensive to get bread. Second day air across a border is insane. Yeah. Um, I shipped one to Scotland to Loch Ness. Oh, wow. Some Ukrainian guy from England was getting married and wanted a Kodavai shipped to Loch Ness is where he was getting married. And the shipping was $250. Oh my goodness. So, and the breads, you know, uh, around $200. So yeah, by the time it was all said and done, I think he paid about $500 for his Kodavai <laughs> to get to, but global express to Scotland. Yeah. It's got to be there in like two days because it's yeah. bread. I don't want any moldy bread showing up at somebody's <laughs> door. Wow, that's that's amazing. Okay, totally off topic of where we're going, but Not I'm so fascinated by that. That's just like <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. So, what what does healing with creativity mean to you and how is creativity a part of your healing work? Like do you like the mixture of healing and creativity? You're very creative. Well, thank you. Um well, especially with the Kodavais um, and, and all the traditions involved with it. Like, I mean, there's religious aspects to it, but they, Ukrainians have been doing this stuff for way before Christianity came to Ukraine. And so that was part of the problem when Christianity came to Ukraine is all these pagan, the pagans had all these things making making spring eggs, making bread for this occasion and that occasion yes. that when Christianity came in, they said, okay, well, these pagans aren't giving this up. So we have to make this somehow a Christian tradition. And so that's how the Easter, you know, Christian tradition came out of these Pesanke that were a pagan thing and same with the bread. So now when I put the bread in the oven, I cross it and I say, grow well and you know, whatever. And I sprinkle holy water in the dough. I mean, so uh, I'm keeping, I'm keeping the Christian tradition in this symbolic bread, you know, like around the bread is a braid and that means eternity. I mean, that didn't come from Christianity that came from like thousands of years ago. Yeah. And so the bread itself is, is a spiritual thing, whether you're pagan, whether you're Christian, whether you're whatever. And that has healing effects because people believe that this, you know, that's why I, I'm shipping one to California because they're getting married and they're like, we have to have a Kodavai at our wedding. It's tradition. It's our culture. And so, you know, this healing part of it, uh, you know, if, if they didn't have it, they feel something missing in their right. soul. Um, yeah. And same with the eggs too. Right. So when I teach about the eggs, um, you know, it's the same thing because these eggs were used, you know, as part of the spring rituals. And so, you know, if you had a bad, if the egg was bad or if the egg broke or whatever, oh my God, I'm, I'm going to have a bad harvest this year. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So the yeah. whole spiritual thing and, and, and healing all was, was combined for, for all these things. And it, and it's still part of me too. So, um, yeah, but I mean, it's personal for each person. Like when I go teach it, 
to non-Ukrainians, they don't have that same feeling that I do, you mm -hmm. know, that it doesn't. So it's a personal thing for people as well, how they feel about it. Yeah. Um, but definitely the creativity in that. And I'm creative in anything I do. When I'm cooking dinner, I'm creative. And people are that way, right? Oh, put a little bit of this spice in or a little bit of that spice. Or when you change a recipe, that's your creativity. Yeah. You know, I still take belly dancing here. I've been belly dancing for 17 years. And before that, I took Ukrainian dance. So movement mm -hmm. is very much healing for me. I, you know, I, I love getting out there and exercising and, and dance and music. Now my boys and I are learning to play the learning, I guess we've been at it five years playing the Ukrainian bandura and I love doing crafts as you can see we're in my craft room. And so all of this stuff is just a way for me to express my um, Ukraine, Ukrainian-ness, right? But it's also a stress release for me. Like when I'm rolling that dough and kneading that dough, it's just, it's, it's just kind of, I don't know. It's just all my, all my bad juju's going out. <laughs> I love that. And right, yeah. it's the same. It's different for everybody. People do coloring books, mandalas, doodling, whatever. Creativity can take so many, so many different forms. Yeah, it de definitely can. And that's one of the things I teach is that creativity is in everything that we do, right? So Absolutely. people think you have to write a book or you have to, you know, paint a masterpiece or whatever, but it, creativity is in everything. And yeah, just right now, um, finding that connection with healing because people don't understand how just being creative like releases stress and you know oh, yeah you can like aches and pains just sort of fade away because you're basically meditating on something else even if you're just coloring or anything mm -hmm. right so yeah. absolutely so that covered why you think creativity is important for our own health and I guess <laughs> <laughs> so kind so, of but you know um, because I'm also a teacher you know, when we were, when we were in kindergarten, like I, I studied to be a kindergarten teacher and early childhood educator and play was one of the biggest things at that time. And now it's not so much, right? Everybody, all the kindergartners are sitting around a table. They get a little play time. But when I was going through university, it was all play all the time because that's how their brains work. They get mm -hmm. the creative, they get the learning. It's all kind of in there. So I think as adults, we really lose that. And, and it's a shame because now, now it's so robotic school, you know, you memorize these facts, memorize these formulas where, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I just think that there's a better way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you're not, I'm not going to argue with you. So, <laughs> <laughs> so um, if you could describe the details of your creative process and how it has evolved and what is your favorite medium? So, um, here in Wyoming, every five years, you have to replace your teaching certificate. And to do that, you have to have certain levels of, you have to get education every, mm -hmm. every, like certain number of credits to be able to teach every five years, you have to replace it. So I had to take a, a class recently to do that. And I chose one on brainstorming. And I tell you, I thought it was so cool because you kind of just dump all your ideas, whether you do it on computer or paper. For me, it's more like I make a little, you know, I put a little bubble in the middle with my topic and then I just start throwing ideas out, you know, yeah. kind of making a bubble. Um, and I've been doing that with a lot of areas lately and I love it. Um, 
it just opens up a lot of different because you know you, you might be some things you never thought about and it's also great to do it with other people as well because their ideas can go in there as well and be like mm -hmm. oh i never even thought of doing that and you know so this brainstorming has been pretty pretty interesting uh for me um my favorite medium gosh i mean there's so many that i do that it's hard to pick a favorite um when i do the person care each year um, I make one for each of my grandbabies. So I usually pick a pick something I think would represent that year to the kids. Yeah. Um, so it's not so much for me, it's more for them. But then I always pick a pisanka that that speaks to me as well. And there, you know, sometimes I'll follow a pattern or sometimes I'll look online. Like I made one, uh, I've been interested in bees lately. So I made a really cute uh, bee pisanka. Um, so yeah, it depends who the who the person is, you know, what who I'm making it for. So that's the creative process of that. Who it's for, whether it's for somebody else or for me, and then I, I go from there. Um, when it comes to the wedding bread, I pretty much follow my grandmother's designs. Um, but every once in a while, somebody will come up and say, hey, here's a picture of one I want, or this is how my parents could have I looked or whatever can you replicate it I'm like yeah absolutely if you're paying me I can do anything you want <laughs> um, you know um, so that I, I like that aspect of it okay, sometimes depending how intricate it is because sometimes it can be frustrating especially if it's something I haven't done before but other times it's like hey something new I get to be creative um, and and that's pretty awesome but with that uh, the creative process, like I said, was the kneading of the dough, the smells, you know, this whole creative process involves all of my senses when it comes to um, to doing any arts and crafts stuff, especially with the dough, because you smell it, you can taste it, you can feel it, you know, it's it's got a lot of stuff. Yeah. So. How, how many, uh, what is it, pasinka? Pasinka? Uh, pasinka is singular for one uh, egg one designed egg and pisanke mm -hmm. is plural for more than one. Okay. Okay. And how many do you have? Like you must have hundreds by now. Um, no, because you, I only, you know, yeah, I'm not like my mom and grandma. I don't pull that stuff out at Christmas and make 15 dozen eggs because I don't sell them and I'm not very good. I, I mean, my eggs are fine compared to a newbie, but mm -hmm. I don't make enough to enough eggs to perfect it. You know what I mean? Like I probably make two or three a year max. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I do have a bunch. Um, I've created some jars of our piss and cuff, mm -hmm. our family eggs. So everybody makes one egg a year. So we're starting to get up there. And I do still have some of my mom's and Baba's eggs. So I don't know, maybe I have maybe 50, hmm. maybe a few more. Yeah. They're beautiful. I remember seeing them in your house and uh, you didn't have 50, I don't think at that time, but you had quite a few. And so, yeah, <laughs> beautiful. Um, so when you're creating, do you, you said you create for gifts and things like that, but do you tend to create primarily for yourself or for an audience or? Yeah, like I said, it's, it depends on, on, on what it is. Um, piss and care, I make some for some people, some for me. Um, and usually the ones when I'm doing something for me, it, it really, my creativity really goes high up there when it's for somebody else. I'm creative in that. But when I'm doing something for me, it's like, Ooh, this one's just for me and I, I can do whatever I want with it. And nobody's going to say anything cause it's just for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I love that. Yeah. yeah that's awesome. 
Um, and what is your inspiration? Like I, I'm, I'm assuming your heritage and, yeah. and how has your personal experiences uh, influenced your creativity? You know, again, it depends on, uh, on what's going on in my world. Like I just got back from Ukraine. Uh, we went to Ukraine this summer and I haven't been in 26 years. Oh. And you fit right in. Like I just, I, I loved your photos. Loved fit them. right in. Yeah. And I'm going again in a week here. <laughs> mm. Twice in one year after 26 years away. Mm. Um, but you know, it, it's what's going on in my world. So right now, Ukraine's a big thing for me because I was there. And so I saw all this stuff, but I'm like, I want to do this. I want to make that. I want to make that. Um, so yeah, I think, you know, when you're talking about what inspires you, it's going to be something that, you know, right now in your world that's going on. Um, so Pinterest, you know, come on, Pinterest <laughs> is the best for inspiration. Yeah. Um, that's how I figure out what I'm going to have do to my hair, what I'm going to paint on my nails. You know, um, and then there's a lot of, and Facebook, because I'm so far away from my, my family, my community, my friends, there's a lot of Ukrainian groups on Facebook. There's a cooking group I'm part of. There's folk art group. Um, I run two Korovai pages on Facebook, um, my personal business page, and then I run a, a Korovai Baker's page. Um, and so when I see other people's work that's similar to mine, it really sparks creativity in me. So, oh, that's, yeah. Hmm. I like, you know, borrowing from other people and making it my own. <laughs> I think that's what our, the internet's all about now, right? <laughs> yes, it's, it's so true. It's like how much you take something that somebody else has done and then you just create based on that and because yeah. it sparks so much. I find it so easy to get started now, mm -hmm. right? Because there's just so much inspiration out there. Yep. If you could change one aspect of our society through your work, what would it be? Um, you know, I think being a teacher, education is one of the biggest things right now to, ch to change the world. I mean, mm -hmm. if you can educate somebody, um, you can change their way of thinking. Um, because there's so few Ukrainians here, when I do these classes, there's no Ukrainians. It's all non-Ukrainians. And so, um, I did five Pisanka classes all over Wyoming last year, and I, you know, my job is to educate these people not just about the pisanka as a craft or an art form but how it became an art form you know that that 2000 years ago these pagans were making these eggs and so i really when i'm doing anything like that i educate and and same with my coat of eyes like i like to educate people um the health and beauty business i'm in um the motto is let's change the world one blue bottle at a time and that's kind of how i take everything that I'm working with is changing the world. I'm changing the world with teaching people about piss and kiss so that um, I'm, you know, educating people about Ukraine, the country, and, and that, that they maybe had not had no idea that Wayne Gretzky is Ukrainian. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, like I have this one page that's all famous Ukrainians and they're like, what Alex Trebek's Ukrainian. I'm like, yeah. And, you know, and, and Carol of the Bells that you guys all know is a Ukrainian Christmas Carol, you know, like just, I, I like educating people about Ukraine and Ukrainian stuff. And, yeah. and that's kind of where the Pisanka and the Kodavai stuff comes in. And the health and beauty thing is the same, you know, I'm teaching people to be healthier in their lives as well. And that the mighty dollar is not the big thing, you know, you got to read labels and look at stuff. So, yes, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. What strength-based inspirational advice would you give someone who has similar challenges or similar 
um, interest even? Um, you know, everybody has things that they're good at and they have things that they're challenging and things they like and things that they don't like, you know, mm -hmm. and it's been said a million times, but it's worth repeating because not everybody gets it, but do what makes you happy. Right. Yeah. Um, life is way too short to be stuck in a job you hate or a relationship that's not positive, you know, and I've been doing uh we've been reading a book. Um, right here actually it's called get over your damn self oh yeah <laughs> um and it's a business book it's a business model but you know she basically says you know just uh dig deep and figure out what you want not what's best for your kids or what would mm -hmm. make your significant other happy but do what you really really want yeah. you know figure it out using smart goals do you know what smart goals are yeah yeah okay so Lara can, you can uh, tell everybody about SMART goals, you know, because that's a whole nother. Yeah, that's a whole other professional, thing. <laughs> but you know, SMART goals are the way to figure it out. You got to be specific with your goal, measurable, achievable, relevant, and it's got to be time-based. Yeah. Those are the basic, but I mean, just look up SMART, all capital letters, and you'll, you'll figure it out. But you really got to dig deep and figure out what do you want? It's like peeling an mm -hmm. onion. Okay. Okay. This I'm doing for my kids. This I'm doing for my husband. This I'm doing for my job. Okay, what do I want? Yes. And and exactly, you got to do what makes you happy. And it's interesting you say that because that's exactly my client base. Women who are now looking to look after themselves because they've given to their kids and to their husbands and to their jobs. And, you know, so that is the women that come to me because they're ready for something different and they want to do it in their way. And yeah, so that's absolutely. Yep. Yeah. So important. That's where I'm at right now. That's why I'm going traveling again. Because <laughs> I've figured out that what makes me happy is to travel, number one, mm -hmm. and see people that I don't get to see. All my family and close friends and everybody doesn't live where I live. And they're not coming here to Casper, Wyoming. So I got to go to where they are, to Toronto, to Connecticut, to Ukraine, to Edmonton, to Calgary. Yeah. If I want to see my friends, I'm the one that has to make that effort. And I'm okay with that because I like to travel. I don't, I don't want to sound ignorant, but I honestly don't even know where Casper, Wyoming is. <laughs> so, I know you're down there. <laughs> yeah. So Alberta. Yeah. Montana. Yeah. Wyoming. Okay. And Wyoming's a rectangle and Casper's smack dab in the middle of Wyoming. Okay. So if I you started in Montana, right? Like you, yeah, we lived in Montana for seven years and then moved yeah. to Cody, Wyoming and now we're in Casper, Wyoming. Cody, Wyoming now. Kanye uh, West and the Kardashian he's married to. I don't remember which one is. They just bought a ranch in Cody, Wyoming. So we could have been neighbors with Kanye and Kardashian. <laughs> and you missed out. <laughs> I missed out. I know. <laughs> just as a closing note, uh, what famous inspirational quote sums up your life journey? Or do you have one? Yeah, I've had one and I've had the same quote I've had since high school. I I've used it. It was in my yearbook for high school and I have kept it my whole life. It's always leave them wanting more. I love that. And love that. so you got to know when to stop talking. Right. If you want, if you're doing a business thing, you got to know when to shut up and mm -hmm. listen. You got to know when to shut up so that you don't give barf on too much information on people. <laughs> you know, if you want somebody to buy your products or services, or even if you want to make a friend, mm -hmm. you know, just stop, just stop, leave them wanting more of you. 
Yeah, <laughs> I love that. I love that.